This is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. And I'm Marcus Harvey. Blues artist B.B. King once said, The beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Today, Marcus and I want to talk to someone whose education has helped him to develop a broader vision of what is possible, not just for himself, but for his community as well. Join us today for a conversation with local community activist, Mr. Daniel Super. Marcus and I will be back in a moment. Again, this is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. So glad to have you all join us in the audience again. And as always, I'm very, very happy and pleased to be here with the brilliant one, Dr. Marcus Harvey. <laughs> no, you're the brilliant one, Dr. Waters. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm doing okay. How's life treating you? Pretty good. Busy, but in a good way. Oh, it's yeah. good. We're, we're uh, kind of in, you know, the summer months here, which is good. Things kind of slow down a little bit for us, but that's good. Um, we had, both of us, I think, had very busy academic mm-hmm. years. Um, this is uh, a, a wonderful conversation I think that we're going to have today because we're going to be talking about education. And one mm-hmm. of my favorite quotes, Marcus, is this quote by Thomas Jefferson, where he said, he who knows best knows how little he knows. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I've tried to encourage people and, you know, especially my sons. We talk about this all the time, about that life is an ongoing learning process. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn to love it. Learn to enjoy it. I don't think you ever stop learning. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say you're brilliant because you found a way to redeem Thomas Jefferson. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but what I will say is, yeah, I think that I think what's important about this quote is that it really it works against the idea that education is simply about the accumulation of knowledge as if an information as if as if it was a simple sort of one direction transaction when mm-hmm. I'm an empty vessel and you as the teacher the professor you pour information into mm-hmm. me uh, no the idea here really is that um, <clears throat> the more that you um, come to understand about yourself about the world about the society in which you live the more you realize how little you know right. um, and and realizing that actually I think has the, the perhaps the the unexpected effect of propelling you or encouraging you, compelling you to want to seek more knowledge, mm, right. more understanding, more wisdom. So I think it's an important way of framing education right. as, a, as a lifelong process. It is. Yeah. So, so I think learning to love the educational process early mm. is important. And, and we'll be having conversations about that uh, later on down the road. But mm. we want to talk about exploring the role and the power of education. I mean, it can open up a whole new world for you. I mean, I had the benefit of having great grandparents who, who really, I think for me, Marcus, opened up a, bro- a broader world for me mm. just by the way that they lived their lives. And they really did did encourage us to read, to learn, to love uh, the process of education. I remember my grandfather told me, he said, there's nothing that you cannot do with with knowledge. Yeah, and I think I, I had a similar experience growing up. I mean, I grew up in a, in a really in a, in, a, in a broader, in a nuclear and a wider family structure um, with, a, with a deep history um, in education. Mm-hmm. And I really grew up being encouraged uh, by my nuclear family and my and my extended family to be curious right to about the world to ask questions um to not to, to engage ideas to read right uh to to take on subjects um etc that you that I find challenging um etc and so 
and, and 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 I think we live in a society that doesn't always encourage mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, especially especially um, the, the current um, uh, sort of climate that we find ourselves in. So I think we probably can't have enough conversations about, about the, the importance of education yes. in this particular historical moment. And I appreciate yeah. the fact that you bring up the word curiosity because mm-hmm. it's driven by curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so curiosity can be a good thing. I've often said, I've also said uh, in a talk that I had to give one time that curiosity can also get us in trouble, <laughs> right? <laughs> It got me in trouble with my parents quite often, you know, being curious. But it, it, on the whole, curiosity, when it is guided and mm-hmm. and when it is guided in a way that is good by and in, in this case, I think about elders listening mm-hmm. to what the elders have to say and helping to not not only encourage your curiosity, but to encourage it and to guide it, I think, mm-hmm. a good thing. So curiosity is a great thing. I think it's fundamental to the education process, as you just said. And we're going to explore that in the conversation today with Mr. Daniel Suver. So Marcus and I are going to take a, br- a brief break, and we'll be right back with that conversation. Again, you're listening to The Waters and Harvest Show here at Blue Ridge Public Radio in Asheville, North Carolina. Marcus and I are so glad that you all have stayed with us in the audience for this conversation with Mr. Daniel Suber. And many of you may recognize that name. Daniel is uh, is someone who is a real uh, fixture in his community here in Asheville, North Carolina. He is an Asheville resident, and he's a student at UNC Asheville, uh, the, the university here in our city. And he is entering his senior year. Um, and so, Daniel, congratulations and, and congratulations. thank you for being here with us. I also wanted to point out that Daniel was recently the recipient of the Newman Civic Fellowship. It's given by Campus Compact, a national organization that helps to enhance the public purposes of higher education. It's based in Boston, Massachusetts, and it serves over 1,000 colleges and universities. Um, Newman, the Newman Civic Fellowship, which Daniel received, recognizes and supports community committed students who have a demonstrated an investment in finding solutions for challenges facing communities throughout our country. He's also the recipient of the McCullough Fellowship at UNC Asheville, a fellowship that offers support and mentorship to students engaged in sustainable projects and research in Asheville. So Daniel, this is a lot, a lot of accomplishments in a very short academic career, but this is wonderful. So congratulations, congratulations on these awards. Daniel. And thank you for being here with us. Appreciate I appreciate it. being able to, you know, be here in the midst of you too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and of your endeavors. Oh. And, and I respect and appreciate it. Great, great. So, it's you. been great to get to know Daniel. Now, Daniel, in our conversations that we were talking about, you know, coming on to do the show, um, you revealed to me, I thought, you know, you were native to Asheville, but you said no, originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and moved to Asheville in 2005, and, and a graduate of Asheville High School. And I said that I would not hold that against you, right? Because um, <laughs> as a native here myself, I'm a graduate of T.C. Robertson uh, High School. And so, you know, we were kind of, you know, kind of enemies with, with you guys over there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But so tell us a little bit about coming to Asheville in 2005 and what would, what was that like? Yeah, coming to Asheville in 2005, that was a wake-up of an experience. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, I just went, you know, my family and I, we went through our own, like, you know, challenges and everything, uh, living in the place that we were in before in Spartanburg, South mm-hmm. Carolina, which I love. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. But, you know, you know, it's a different atmosphere, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so just coming to Asheville, just looking for opportunities and just have some family up here. And we were welcome. So, we, you know, we came and we just realized that Asheville is a different kind of place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, fairly immediately we realized this. And, you know, um, came here, um, just moved right into the apartment complex, uh, Hillcrest. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, public housing community. Uh, it's like the first time that we, you know, had ever lived in a public housing community. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, taking a look around, around it's, yes, it's, it's you know, it's a profound difference. And just got to know a lot of people there. And like I say, um, you know, challenges, like that's a thing that's common in life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like no matter where someone goes, they, you know, should encounter challenges. And I mean, I think that's kind of what makes life interesting, mm-hmm. and that's that's what helps us to grow. Right. That's help. It helps us to um, discover who we are. Mm-hmm. It's like tiptoeing around ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we we discover that through the challenges that we go through. So, I mean, there are many. I don't know if you want to hear about it, but you well, know, we, we'll probably <laughs> get into some. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and I would say, I would say, Daniel, I think what you and I have in common is that we're, we're both not natives of Asheville, right? So I moved here. <clears throat> after living in Massachusetts for about a year and a half. And um, one of the things that I was told um, when I was considering coming here was that Asheville is very different. It's unique. It's, you know. Um, and when I arrived here, I, I, my experience of what makes Asheville different wasn't necessarily in line with with other people's reasons for why Asheville was considered different. So I'm curious to hear from you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. What, 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 more specifically did you find to be different about Asheville as compared, for example, to Spartanburg mm-hmm. or other or perhaps other cities that you have experiences experience within the South? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean two thousand five, New Year's Day, coming right here to Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um I'm probably I'm like sixteen at the time or something, you know. But um I mean we, we get downtown, we're driving around, there's all these hills you're like, what? What is? Where are we? How do we get over here? And and it, it, I don't know. Like just the layout was, um, yeah, the the layout was uh, unique, and just noticing the people, like the the way that people act and the way that they conduct themselves, like. Uh, I think there was like uh, you know a real live wizard like just walking around Asheville like full dress up and walking like he knows his stuff. And it's like oh yes, you know he's for real. You know yeah. you can just tell. Um, yeah, there's there's I mean there's no denying it. There's just something different about Asheville um, when we look at some of the projects that are happening in Asheville, some of the collaborations that that are engaged. Yeah. Okay. And we want to explore some of that with you, too. But what I'm interested in hearing you talk a little bit about, because, Daniel, in our conversations that we've had before, I mean, I've gotten a really good sense from you of of your appreciation of education and why education is important. So and and it sounds to me that that was um, that the roots of that really were watered a lot by your time at Asheville High School. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience there? You know, favorite teachers, favorite subjects and things, things of that nature. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I definitely just coming to Asheville High School. 
Um, I was I was a different kind of person, like just going through the things that I had gone through, just the the um just the, the experiences. I you know I had like just different emotions brewing inside, like just a lot of anger itself, and just you know there was a lot, and so I wasn't as social necessarily, but you know I definitely had fun. Uh, a tenth grader, Ashford High School, did not fit in at all. Like you know <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to me. I was just like, just really quiet. Um, and then coming from a public housing neighborhood too, like there's, there's a lot that goes into that as well. Mm. Just, um, just not being from Asheville, that's made known like immediately. Like people realize like, oh yeah, oh you're not from Asheville. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. And then it's like, oh, I'm treated differently now. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> right. So did, did you find it hard to kind of, you know, to break through that barrier? Or was that made easy, uh, easier for you at, at Asheville High School? Yeah, I mean, it took years for me to really, like, come into myself and really value mm-hmm. myself for who I am. And um, just to accept the things that I've been through and... Yeah, being at Asheville High School, we definitely had a lot of support, a lot of good teachers. Um, uh, for one, a counselor named Pam Polly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably recognize that name. Mm-hmm. Um, when we think about uh, Mr. Jerome Hughes. Yes. And, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. His son, I, you know, I have to tell this story because I had his son at when I was going through my Ph.D. at Chapel Hill. His son was one of uh, the students for a class that I TA'd, and, and his son Timothy has gone on to do some great things. I mean, Timothy, I think that what really um, really caused me to develop a really good relationship with Timothy was when I found out that he was from Asheville. And so he um, he went on to Duke Law School. He's now uh, an attorney down in um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I recently had a conversation with his father on the phone just last week. And I told him and said, you know, I told Timothy that one day, you know, I was going to be coming to him for loans. And so he seems to be in that position now as a successful attorney. (laughs) So Jerome Hughes, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear you uh, mention that name. I know that he is like the AVID coordinator, too, at um, at Asheville High. So just a just an absolute stand up gentleman. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, I remember one of his favorite words uh, or one of his favorite phrases to say was, "It's time for us to disembark." Right. And <laughs> he just had a certain way about himself that was uh, like really classy, and um, also just genuinely he he cared for the students, mm-hmm. and that's. It's just made evident through everything he does. Right. But he's not the only one. There's mm-hmm. there's plenty of teachers at Asheville High School that they, they demonstrate their care for mm-hmm. students. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, to be a teacher, I think that's something that is underemphasized in our nation and definitely should be highlighted. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people about this. I think this is something that we should adopt in Asheville, a teacher appreciation day where mm-hmm. we, like, parade the teachers through the streets <laughs> right. and we're like, and, and now we bring out this teacher from this school. Everybody's <laughs> right. like, yeah, everybody claps. Mm-hmm. And we need, we need, like, teacher discounts, like, all around the city, just like we have student discounts. Mm-hmm. Like, we really need to appreciate, you know, those who are taking care of our young people, right. and, and that's the future. You're right. And I mean, what else is more important? All right, you're right. Yeah. What, what now, now, Daniel? Were there particular subjects um, uh, during your time at, at Asheville High that attracted you? Um, I know when I was in high school, I was very attracted to um, literature, um, and that ended up becoming a major for me in college. But I'm curious to hear more about your sort of academic interest at Asheville High. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's um, 
Yeah, definitely other students I was attracted to, and and academic subjects as well. That's part definitely. of it too, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely that. Academics were there too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, really, I definitely focus on academics. I love academics. Um, I mean, often I was just at home doing my homework and getting ahead and... So, yeah, academics, that was a main focus for me at Asheville High School. I really love science, really loved um, anything to do with the earth, earth environmental mm-hmm. science, uh, biology. That is my absolute favorite, which is, you know, the study of life itself. And um, there's, there's no explaining the profound the profundity i hope i and i use that correctly yeah like the you know the profoundness of the miracle of life existing mm-hmm. at all anything anything and the fact that we're here and that we're all together and that we've we've risen to where we are in um and in society right that i mean how can we even put a a definition to life. All right, all right. I mean, to me, I I think that everything is life. I, our universe itself is life, um, animated. Mm-hmm. Like we we look at probably like rocks as inanimate objects. Maybe one day we'll we'll figure out like, oh, they were just moving really really slowly. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hearing, I'm hearing you talk about so a topic that Marcus and I have been uh, interested in, and we've discussed on the show before the topic of. of, of treating things sacredly and remember that conversation that we had with dr trey atcock and we talked about that and i think that he would have a deep appreciation for it for what it is that you're saying here well i want to say this um i want to ask you daniel about unc Asheville. i mean as um i'm sure that marcus and i i speak for the both of us when i say that as professors there we're glad you chose UNC Asheville, but what was it that attracted you to UNC Asheville? Well, I had always wanted to go to Chapel Hill. That I always wanted to. They used to write me letters like, "Come to Chapel Hill." See, I can't, I, and I can't be mad at you about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that you know, like I'm, I'm here with my family. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I, um, I look out for my mom a lot. You know, she's. Um, she has a history of like just some health things, so I just make sure to look out for my mom. And I'm like, all right, so I might not be able to go to Chapel Hill like I want to, mm-hmm. but guess what? UNCA is right here, and mm-hmm. they got some awesome programs, and I would be able to be right here close to home. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, well, let me just you know check it out. And um, like originally, um, let me see, like Pam Polly helped me to get into UNCA. It was like. Way back in uh, 2007, I went to, mm-hmm. for, to UNCA for like a semester mm-hmm. or something, right? Mm-hmm. And didn't go to school for years after that until like more recently. But um, yeah, Pam Polly helped me out with that. Um, mm-hmm. The Breakfast Rotary Club, they helped me out with a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Building Bridges, they helped me out with a scholarship. So they made sure that I was taken care of. But just for that um, semester, I didn't I didn't have a good experience. So like just for years, I didn't go to school. Uh, after a while, I went to AB Tech, uh, graduated with a um, associates in arts and mm-hmm. associates in science and say, you know, I'm going back to UNCA. Oh, and cool. right. man went back um, ever since. Um, I mean, my average GPA is like 3.0 for those or, or above for those um, semesters. And I'm just really loving it. Mm-hmm. There's some good people there. I love the opportunities that are available. Uh, professors like mm-hmm. yourselves, mm-hmm. they really care. The size of the schools mm-hmm. is um, just right so that I can get to know the people that I'm learning alongside mm-hmm. with and that I'm learning from. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, there, were, there were key people in the community at, at Asheville High and elsewhere, organizations that really supported you along the way and helped, help, and helped you to land at sort of UNC Asheville. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you what about that, too. There have been so many people that have encouraged me mm-hmm. or that I'm, I'm talking about community members, mm-hmm. people that live in my neighborhood, uh, people that I've worked alongside with. Whenever I was going through my own troubles, I'm like, oh, I'm never going back to school. People are like, go back to school. What mm-hmm. are you doing here? Right. Like, yeah, you're right here, but go back to school. Just do it. Like so many people. And I, I just I always have so much support. That's part of why I um, do my best to give back. You know, if, if I can, I, I mean, I, I can't repay all the people that have mm-hmm. encouraged me even a little bit, but I, I just do my best to try to um, to do something nice for um, for whoever I can. To and, pay it and forward. Yeah. 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 So, Daniel, let's talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the fellowships that you've received, okay. that you've received. So we've got the Newman Fellowship. Um, mm-hmm. If you tell us a little bit about that, and then the McCullough Fellowship. So these these are two very um, big fellowships that you've received. And I know that uh, we were excited to hear the news uh, at UNC Asheville when you received, especially the Newman Civic Fellowship. And I want to tell you congratulations for that again. But it's related to your community work. So can you Tell us a little bit about the fellowships and about your com- how it is going to support some of the community work that you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the community work. Um, what it's really about for me, just living in a neighborhood that I live in in, in Hillcrest. Um, just some of the things that I've seen, like I get to see a side of people that um, that a lot of the public they don't they don't get to see. They don't get to see the challenges and the struggles, the inspirations. They don't get to see what people really go through. They don't get to see all that that laughter and love and the family sense. But um, but I see it. I'm like, you know, that's valuable. That's worth it. And I need to do whatever I can do to help make sure that people can love each other more in, in these communities. Mm-hmm. And I need to do what I can what I can do to make sure that the young people in, in the neighborhoods like these are, you know, can can really be successful. And, you know, to me, that's that's my life's work. I'm, I'm still figuring it all out. But I always want to. But I was I was want to continue on that. I, I have so many ideas that that come to me. I'm like, how how do I make this happen? How do I how do I make that happen? How can how can more people be successful at this? Because this would help that. So I'm always you know just brainstorming this stuff. It's like I, maybe I live in a <laughs> you know who, who knows who knows where my mind is. But um, <laughs> these fellowships and things like it um, help me to mm-hmm. accomplish some of that those goals. Right. That's what I'm really interested in. So with the McCullough Fellowship, that's a um, a nationally um, it's a national fellowship that just recognizes um, I guess young people for their for their civic engagement and for work that they do in communities. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are really about the work itself. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, applying for this, like, you know, I, I wouldn't apply for something like mm-hmm. this. Not really, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, there was um, a professor and someone that I worked with. They were like, you know, we should, you know, they, <laughs> there were people that nominated me for this. And I'm like, okay, I see what y'all did there. Right, like, okay. <laughs> pulled a fast one. But I'll go through with it. And, um and I appreciate it. Right. It is an awesome opportunity. Um, they do a, a large conference every year in mm-hmm. Boston mm-hmm. where they get all the fellows together that are doing work in their communities and, and whatever communities they do work in. And they they just get the opportunity to learn together right. about some, some good things and get the chance for mentorship. Okay, so. good. Yeah, this is, and I think, I think the kind of work that, that you're doing, Daniel, is, is, is just a shining example of what what a liberal arts, uh, what the kind of student that a liberal arts education can produce, mm-hmm. right? A student yeah, yeah. that um, is able to not only learn 
um, ideas, learn various areas of academic inquiry, but also make tangible connections, right, between all of that stuff and what's happening on the ground in the community. So I, I just think you're a great example of that. Um, so just so just quickly, um, Dan, can you talk a little bit about the various organizations that you worked with in the community. Um, what are the organizations, what kinds of projects are you engaged in right now? Where do you see these projects going? And, and, and I'm gonna say it here too, as mm -hmm. Marcus asked that question, and if you don't say something about word on the street, <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I, I know for a fact that Tomiko is going to get you, right? So you've got to talk about word on the street. <laughs> well, that's right. Um, yeah, once I mean, you know, the reason for all this stuff is um, just because of the pains that I, I went through just growing up that I realized that um, in those times when I, when I felt like I didn't have anybody, maybe I did, but I felt like I didn't, that, you know, it's wonderful to have someone there. So, you know, I, I want to be that. So um, I ended up getting involved with um, working with youth groups in Asheville. Mm -hmm. um, Word on the street, I work with them right now. They're, mm -hmm. they're um, a part of Asheville Writers in the Schools. Mm -hmm. And this is an awesome organization that um, Asheville Writers in the Schools, they provide like teaching artists, mentors for students, um, especially um, regarding like writing, but just in arts in general. And that's, that's self-expression. Art can be anything, anything. We are art. So like that's that's what's really really special about this is um you know sometimes schools are doing the best to support arts and I'm glad there's that there's an organization that specializes in that right here in Asheville. So um, Word on the Street, um, what it really does is, um, well, Word on the Street is an online magazine that's run by a group of teens of color. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's all Black and Latinx youth, mm -hmm. and it's the the magazine is about arts and culture and perspective and community, mm -hmm. and they 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 write stories and poetry. They do interviews. They they do documentaries. So they do some really really awesome stuff. Check us out. We're doing a celebration. Celebration on this Thursday mm -hmm. at um at, at seven o'clock. Yeah, actually, I think it's at six o'clock um this Thursday right here at the Eddington Center. So please come check us out. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, some other organizations I work with. Um, one of the first youth groups I work with were the um Youth Environmental Leadership Program, and that's through Asheville Greenworks. Mm -hmm. That's what really got me into working with um with young people, and mm -hmm. we were doing all kind of environmental things, uh, doing community cleanups, cleaning up rivers, and presenting the information that we had learned about on um, water monitoring. We had been watering monitoring the waterways in Asheville mm -hmm. and just learning about the health of the water and presenting that to communities around um, like some of the public housing complexes right. and having big celebrations. Um, work with Green Opportunities. Um, I went through one of their programs and I actually ended up um, becoming part of their board of directors for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's other organizations. There's too many to highlight. Some of them will be All like right. um, like YTL mm -hmm. and 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 uh, positive changes that um, that I really admire that I get the chance to collaborate with in any way. So right. I'm just thankful. Well, Daniel, it seems like you, you have your hands in a, in a number of different things. And this is wonderful. And it's one of the reasons why Marcus and I wanted to bring you here to talk to you, because I think that you're a really good example for other students about what our other young people about what is possible and mm -hmm. how education has really opened that door. And I, we know that the future has to be very, very bright for you, yeah. especially as a winner of these these uh, awards so we want to thank you for coming in here just sharing with us in the audience about the things that you're working on and what you will be doing so thanks again for coming in and joining us. Thanks so us. much Daniel. We appreciate Marcus it. and I will be back in a moment.
Well, this was a really good show, Marcus. <laughs> I mean, a very good conversation with Daniel. I knew that he would have a lot to say, and he's got his hands in, in just a number of different yeah, things. Just, again, a shining example of, of, of a student connecting education to the community and to issues facing his local community. Right. So just something to be emulated, a person to be emulated. It is. So congratulations to Daniel and Marcus. And mm-hmm. I again want to remind you that the Waters and Harvest Show is produced at Blue Ridge Public Radio in Asheville, North Carolina. And you can listen to our podcast on BPR.org, on the BPR mobile app, and on iTunes and Google Play. Follow us and get in touch on Facebook and Twitter. And Marcus and I will talk to you again next time. Take care. Thank you.